Hello everyone, welcome to the October 2nd edition of WorkComp Academy California Weekly News Update. I'm Todd Kelly from Floyd, Scarin and Kelly, your host for this edition. Let's start with our fraud report. According to the report of the National Insurance Crime Bureau, workers' compensation fraud increased slightly during the first half of 2009. The Bureau's data found a 2% overall increase in reports compared to the first half of 2008. Duplicate medical billing accounted for the largest jump with a 100% increase over last year. Cases of employees working while collecting comp benefits rose by 10%. On a positive note, however, referrals for premium fraud fell 21%. Stephen Antu and Pete Albano surrendered this week to the Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department. Both men owned the United Security Agency. They are charged with underreporting their workers' compensation quarterly payroll from 2005 to 2007. They are being held on over $180,000 bail. Each face a possible 15 years in state prison and $370,000 in fines. The state fund claims that the company misrepresented the amount of payroll purposely in an attempt to reduce the cost of their insurance premiums. The estimated loss to SCIF is $186,000 over the three-year period. This case is being prosecuted by the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office. And now a Wiener Schnitzel owner was sent to jail in a workers' comp case. Mike Bittar was sentenced for failure to make contributions to the Unemployment Insurance Fund and for failure to secure workers' compensation insurance. He was the owner of the Wiener Schnitzel store in Salinas. An investigation was triggered when a former employee who had been stabbed on the job was not receiving workers' compensation benefits. This led to the discovery that he, one, collected but not paid payroll taxes, and two, had not purchased workers' compensation insurance. Mr. Bittar was placed on probation for three years, ordered to serve 90 days in county jail, and ordered to pay restitution and fines of over $50,000. And AIG is back for another round in a Chicago federal courtroom. Their newly amended complaint alleges that Liberty Mutual, ACE, and Hartford Financial Services violated the Racketeer Influenced and Corrupt Organizations Act. A federal judge earlier dismissed their RICO allegations against the companies. AIG claims the amended complaint is based on additional information that will support their RICO action. The group of insurers has been locked in a court battle now for several years. Each side claims the other underreported workers' comp premiums to avoid paying state residual market assessments. And now our medical report. The federal government announced they will fund $25 million in medical tort reform projects. The White House quickly followed up on President Obama's recent pledge to study limits on medical malpractice claims. This announcement may lead to lower work comp medical costs. Grants for up to three years and $3 million each will be awarded to test models that improve health care quality and patient safety while decreasing medical liability pressure on doctors. Many doctors insist that medical liability concerns lead to practicing defensive medicine, which in turn contributes to higher health care costs. The American Medical Association applauded the announcement and supports the new initiative. Well, if you think that electronic medical record keeping should lead to better medicine, that may not be the case. President Obama has made electronic medical records a centerpiece of his health reform efforts. $1.2 billion has been pledged to help doctors and hospitals make the switch from paper-based records. A new study published in the Archives of Internal Medicine suggests that doctors sometimes ignore electronic warnings about abnormal test results. Researchers reviewed over 120,000 test results in a VA hospital and found doctors failed to follow up on nearly 8% of electronic alerts. 
These alerts warned that a patient sometimes had abnormal x-rays, mammograms, CTs, and MRIs that needed quick attention. The study found that when the alerts were ignored, it resulted in patients' conditions getting worse. And in other news, the Court of Appeal gave a QME a seventh chance to get apportionment right. Mark Ryder was awarded 29% disability without apportionment for a continuous trauma shoulder injury. The employer petitioned for reconsideration because the QME Ernest Miller MD reported that 75% of the disability was non-industrial. The board granted reconsideration explaining that Dr. Miller appeared to have confused the applicable legal standards for apportionment. Nonetheless, the board believed that there was some level of apportionment and sent the case back to the WCJ to further develop the record. However, the QME had already produced six prior medical reports on apportionment. The employee complained to the Court of Appeal that giving him a seventh chance was an abuse of discretion. The Court of Appeal, in an unpublished opinion, refused to intervene and gave Dr. Miller his seventh chance. Cal OSHA is investigating a death case in Hayward. A 48-year-old man fell from a ladder last week while working at a BART maintenance yard. He was using an extension ladder to change a photo cell on an external light fixture. While descending the ladder, he fell from about 7 feet and struck his head. Officials said the worker had been wearing protective headgear and was in the presence of a BART safety monitor at the time. The investigation should be completed within six months. And now for our final story. State Fund CEO Janet Frank completed her resignation this week, leaving behind notable accomplishments. Colleagues said she came in at a difficult time and was effective at turning around a difficult situation. Frank was hired to lead SCIF in 2007 in the wake of a conflict of interest scandal that led to the resignation of two board members and the firing of Director John Tudor. She was the first chief executive not promoted from within. A recent Wall Street Journal column praised Frank, saying she was credited with repairing the reputation of the state fund while improving operations and increasing transparency. The board accepted her resignation with both sympathy for her family illness and regret that she is leaving. And here's what's coming up next week. On Thursday, October 8, the DWC will hold a public hearing on the proposed amendments to its medical provider network regulations at the Elihu's Harris State Office Building Auditorium in Oakland. On Friday, October 9, the California Applicants Attorney Association will give a four-hour advanced course for physicians on the Almarez-Guzman, Escobedo, and Benson decisions. On that day, they will give an in-depth examination of these cases and other recent developments in the case law. The second four hours on Saturday, October 10, will be a how-to course in developing substantial evidence, as well as deposition and trial techniques. Well, that's all our news and events for this week. Please check our website daily for news updates, past editions of our weekly podcast, and much, much more. And remember, you can subscribe to our podcasts and special reports using your iPhone or iPod by searching for WorkComp Academy in the iTunes Store. I'm Todd Kelly. Thanks for joining us, and please join us again next week.